Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Providence Journal presents Nick and Bob, the college basketball podcast for Rhode Island and around the nation with your hosts, Kevin McNamara and Bill Koch. Hello and welcome to the Providence Journal's Pick and Pop podcast, our weekly look at the college basketball scene. This is Kevin McNamara, columnist here at the Providence Journal, alongside Bill Koch, uh, hastily thrown together podcast because uh, Bill's coming north, I'm going south, but we meet halfway. Bill, nice to see you. Kevin McNamara, nice to meet you. Yes. Welcome back. Well, we took a little week off last week. Uh, I was down with the Super Bowl, eventual Super Bowl champs, who was uh, entertaining and uh, fun week in Atlanta. I'll give Atlanta a... uh, Solid B plus A minus, and after uh, the ice bowl in Minnesota, I, it feels like I went to Hawaii for uh, three weeks. I was going to say anything had to be better than Minnesota. That's a dreadful place to have a game. Uh, the stadium aside, which looked beautiful, yeah, in, th- in this, Minneapolis, this stadium was better. I mean, they're both beautiful, but stunning. This stadium was even better. And uh, you know, you and Mark Daniels obviously did humans work and. Got it done. A Got it done. sixth championship for the Patriots in 18 years. As someone who grew up in Rhode Island, actually both of us obviously did, and, mm. and Bill Corey, our sports editor, just over the line in Fall River. Could you have imagined the Patriots when you're watching those dreadful teams in the 70s and in parts of the 80s and in the early 90s? Could you have imagined something like this? Absolutely not. It's but, unbelievable. Bill, I'm so old. The first couple of years here at the Journal, I went up and I helped cover the Rod Rust teams. Oh, goodness. Yes. There was a 1-15 in, I was in there, say, wasn't they there? They weren't winless, but they were no. really close. And then really the Dick close. McPherson then experiment. Dick McPherson, my college coach, I, I like to say, and that, that didn't go very well. And then the tuna. And he changed everything. Bill Parcells. You know, I like to say regarding the Patriots that if you were going to have the Patriots Holy Trinity, I think, personally, it's Kraft, Parcells, and Bledsoe. And I only think that because... If those three guys weren't in place when they were, these would be the St. Louis Patriots. They would be. They would be. I don't know if the NFL would have let that come to pass at the end, but uh, Holy Trinity without number 12, Tom Brady? It's hard to believe. I, I get it. but Sounds like a if, column, Bill Corey, well, not, that, that he, he might have to rationalize to the masses. It might not be received well. My thinking there is that if you didn't have Kraft, you wouldn't have Parcells. If you didn't have Bledsoe... You wouldn't have had Parcells. He was a drawing card. And if you didn't have any of those three, there would have been no Belichick coming back and there would have been no Brady. Well, we'll see if uh, Parcells can even get into the Patriots Hall of Fame, which, by the way, they need to change the rules. They only allow one inductee a year. There's going to be a flood. These, these, guys Goodness, will be, yeah. these guys will be in wheelchairs by the time they get in. Let, let's open it up a little bit more. Or they'll be headed to Canton, which uh, Ty Law will be in this current class. And be, I would say that's well-deserved. It'd be funny. Some guys might get to Canton before they get to Foxborough Hall of Fame. That's right. It's a little bizarre. But Bill Parcells needs to be in that Hall of Fame. That's no question. That's not even up for discussion. Anyways. No question. That's it for our pigskin portion of the podcast. That's three Ps in a row. Don't let me do that again. Um, that was pretty gonna, good. Yeah. We're going to hit uh, both. 
Providence and Rhode Island. Uh, and right now, this is like the woe is me corner of the basketball universe, Bill. Um, we get paid to watch these teams. We're not complaining, but whew, it's not easy. Both offensively really challenged right now. Yeah, uh, you know, we saw the best of times in the state the last two years, obviously, with both of these teams in the NCAA tournament. And in Providence, certainly the three years before that. Uh, giving us something to watch into March Madness, giving Rhode Island you know its own personal stake in the tournament, uh, barring any sort of remarkable runs, whether it be at Madison Square Garden or at the Barclays Center this year, we're not going to see that again. No, uh, the, neither team has a realistic chance at the NCAA tournament as we speak right now as an at-large. Um, both didn't do enough in the non-conference, and more importantly, just kind of limping along in conference play. We're going to start with the Friars. Uh, you know, I, again, I was in Atlanta, but watched the Seton Hall game on television and the DePaul game on my phone and was just shaking my head in the last five, six minutes of both games at the offensive issues. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, they're going to come home. They'll play Georgetown, a team they scored 90 on. And, uh, you know, get healthy and you know, just kind of retrench a little bit. But uh, last night was might be the worst offensive game of the season that I've seen in person. Providence shoots 30% in the first half, ends up 37% overall, uh, and four for 22 from the three-point line. You're just not going to win a game against uh, anyone of quality shooting those numbers. Um, To the Friars' credit, you know, they're the second-best defensive team in the league right now, which most people aren't uh, catching. But that's the only thing that's keeping them close uh, in these Big East games. You know, they're all coming down to the last five minutes, but uh, offensively, they're just not executing uh, for 40 minutes, not just the last five. No, two of the last three games, they've only had one double-figure scorer. Uh, It was Alpha Diallo again last night against Georgetown, 76-67 loss. He had 22 points. No one else got into double figures. You had 25 field goals and only nine assists. And I think when we look back at at Ed Cooley's teams, typically we've talked about this on the podcast before, they've typically had a high assist point guard, whether it be Dunn, Council, Cotton, Cartwright. Nine assists on 25 field goals just speaks to the struggles that they're having at that end, trusting each other, sharing one another, and making shots. Yeah, and you know now that A.J. Reeves, A.J. Reeves returned to the starting lineup last night, which you would think is great news. Uh, good to see him back for his uh, fourth game. Uh, yes, fourth game. But he, he's not even close to the same kid who we saw in November and early December uh, now getting indoctrinated back into major college basketball, first taste of the Big East. We might not see him back really throughout the rest of the season, but certainly for another couple of weeks just because he, he has to get quality playing time uh, in the heat of the battle. And in the meantime, you know, so he starts. That means someone else who was starting before gets pushed down a little bit, and then the next guy gets pushed down a little bit. And what does Cooley do? He he has uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys play 13 minutes or more. That, that, that's a that's a very long rotation. Yeah, at this point in the year, generally you want to have it down to seven or eight guys, and, and you have an idea of what their roles are going to be. And Providence never really established that. I, I think nope. they you know they sort of fiddled with the starting lineup uh, right from the beginning. They had Isaiah Jackson play the first three games, and they threw in Jimmy Nichols. He's completely regressed. Uh, hasn't given them much um, in terms of scoring, rebounding anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never really established roles for these guys. And I think Ed's previous teams did a very good job of not only 
identifying who the lead scorers would be, but who a rebounder off the bench would be, or who a shooter off the bench would be, or who his backup point guard would be. He's still searching for all that 23 games in. I think that's a, a pretty good indicator of how sideways this has gone for Providence. Yeah, he actually used that exact word. He said, you know, uh, my rotation is definitely longer than we want it to be. This is last night after the Georgetown game, longer than he wanted to be, and uh, that's because we're still searching. He used that exact word, and there's no two ways about it. He's used a million different combinations. I think at this point of the season, uh, he started three freshmen last night, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think the uh, veterans have had their chance to establish themselves and show that they can play and win consistently, and that that has not happened. Uh, uh, everyone, and they've all had their moments. You know, everyone from Isaiah Jackson to Drew Edwards to Malik White, uh, they, they've all just been okay, and they're all going to keep playing. But there's no reason to harm the growth of the freshmen uh, because of that. Let me. Uh propose something to you, Kevin, and, and this is a little bit out of left field, but it concerns A.J. Reeves, and obviously the fact that he missed a fair amount of time with a foot injury, hmm. which is a sensitive thing. Six weeks. Yes, yeah, certainly wasn't able to condition the way he might have been. You can see that in his jump shots. He's a better shooter than one for five from three, which is what he had last night against Georgetown. The reasonable conclusion to draw is that his legs aren't under him. Um, no, that's not what I saw. You don't think so? No, I saw... Well, first of all, uh, conditioning is a problem, but not for... Um, he only played 19 minutes. Uh, he had played 10, 11, and 10 in his first three. Uh, but when he's out there now, uh, last night anyways, they're behind by eight, 10 points... They can't score. I, I mean, long stretches of no baskets, yep. taking bad shots. Okay. And that's the difference. A.J. Reeves has to be able to play more than 19 minutes. That gets back to conditioning. And when, if he's out there for 25, 26 minutes, he will get his five or six open looks. And uh, last night, I think he – I would say of the five, there was one open. The rest – he threw one rocket, you know, end of a shot clock rocket. You know. So he's just – He's just totally out of sorts. And, and for this team to be the best version of what it was going to be, he was going to be the second scorer. Yep. It was going to be Alpha Diallo and then A.J. Reeves. And you figured he was trending at the start of the year towards 13, 14, 15 points a game. That's yep. something that this team could sorely use right now. Oh, there's no question. And Cooley has said that from the moment he went down. He'd always point over to... AJ sitting on the side during practice. He said, "That's the guy we miss right there." Right, and uh, I don't think even the coach realized that now he's needs to be you know reintegrated back into the mix. That's just going to throw off things even more because a he's not ready. B has to be integrated for them to be the best of themselves by March. And if I'm Ed Cooley, I guess I have to think, well, my whole season's going to come down to Big East tournament. Yeah, I, I, I need to go into March. Uh, with everything we're talking about, good rotation, healthy Reeves, uh, Diallo playing well, you know, Alpha, I'd have to check, but that may be the first time all season he had zero assists. Uh, that's not a good sign because the ball is in his hands more than any other player. Uh, one more thing uh, before I let go of uh, the Friars. I got to hand it to Georgetown, uh, the exact opposite of Providence. Mm. They started three freshmen. Uh, and I saw them only a month ago in D.C. when they when they were really, really lucky, fortunate to, to beat Providence. This is what their three freshmen did last night. Uh, Josh LeBlanc had 17 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Mac McClung had 13 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. And James Akinjo had 10 points and 8 rebounds. 
they have the best recruiting class in the league. And if anyone had said that at the start of the season, I think people knew Akinjo could be good and McClung was a dunker. But uh, LeBlanc is, is a very good player, and Patrick Ewing has things going in the right direction. You know, let's take a, a bigger look at Georgetown's record now. They're 5-5 five and five in the Big East. Their losses are at Butler, home to St. John's by three in overtime, at Xavier by six, beat Providence, lost to Marquette by three, lost to Creighton by four, mm. beat St. John's on the road in style, beat Xavier in the rematch, lost at Villanova. Nothing shameful there no. whatsoever. They've been in every game. I, I think your point is is very well made. Uh, you know the freshman that Patrick Ewing has here, uh, Mac McClung was a, a Rutgers commit who they got to flip to Georgetown. James Akinjo was a UConn commit who they got to flip to Georgetown. Mm. Um, they've done a really really nice job building this team, and you can just see with that young backcourt going forward that they're going to be a problem for people. You know for the next three, three and a half years. Yeah, and LeBlanc and Pickett, who's a sophomore, Jamarco Pickett, uh, 6'8", 6'9", super long arms, look like NBA players, don't have NBA skills yet, but uh, the type of long athletic forwards you need. And uh, the key stat of the game last night, besides Providence shooting so poorly, rebounds 50, Georgetown 33, Providence. That's just <laughs> that's just size, effort, you, you name it, energy. That's what Patrick Ewing teams would have done when he was playing at Georgetown. No. Nope. Just uh, beating you up physically. That's it. And uh, it, it, we'll see. We'll see what happens to the Friars the rest of the way. But I, I am curious to see what happens to that young Georgetown team down the, down the stretch as well. Two road games coming up for the Friars here, too. It's not oh. going to get any easier. You're at St. John's and at Villanova. Keep going, Bill. I mean, where are the – you know, we've talked about how balanced the Big East is – where are the wins? Xavier at home, maybe. Yep, I think they uh, match up well with Butler, and they have Butler twice. Two out of the last three games, you've got Butler away, Creighton away, Butler at home. Creighton away, good luck. Uh, uh, tough place to go. Villain over on the road, good luck. Marquette, Marquette at home. comes here, good luck. Who's going to be playing for a seed? Hard. Really hard. Really hard. Really hard. Um, going to switch to the Rams. You're just off the uh, the private jet from Charlotte. I know it was very comfortable. Did you, did you enjoy your stewardess and uh, soft drinks? Thank you, JetBlue. JetBlue. Very nice. Proud partner of the Providence Journal. <laughs> yes. Um, what, what do we do? CNN, music on the JetBlue TV, what, what uh, HBO? Don't, actually, don't tell me ESPN first take or something. No, no, no. I actually, um, I read, I like you, I have a couple back issues of, of Sports Illustrated that I haven't caught up on. Uh, and I read a long piece on Todd Marinovich, actually, which oh, was really, I saw that. That was really well done. Um, you know, that was the, the main takeaway. Uh, you know, the Todd Marinovich finally uh, pushing 50 hmm. here. Um, you know, is actually taking the initiative to try and get sober for the first time in, you know, maybe 35 years. Um, is Marv around, the dad? Uh, Marv is actually, Marv is going through stages of Alzheimer's, yes. dementia. That's right. Um, you know, is fairly incapacitated, is, is being taken care of by Marinovich's sister. Um, you know, it's, it's a really sad family story. And, you know, you remember... Obviously, Marinovich coming up, being quarterback at USC, and then with the Raiders later on, and you see what's going on from the outside. Now we get a look at what's going on on the inside, and you know it's just unfortunately in sports, Kevin. You and I have seen it. It's all too common a story where you have the domineering parent pushing the player slash child, and uh, you know nothing good comes of that. What's interesting is uh, the Marinoviches were ahead of their time. This is what happens with all the 
quarterback prodigies now. They go to the year-round camps. It's seven-on-seven. It's complete training, throwing coach. All the stuff that Marv did for Todd uh, 30 years ago, the best players, I'm sure Jared Goff, for example, from the Rams came up in California. Same stuff. Yeah, the Elite 11. Yep. This this is the elite eleven would probably be run without the domestic abuse. No, 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 and, no, no. whatever else. Needless to say, that there, there were a few uh, extraneous uh, developments with the Marinoviches that uh, we can we can move past. Anyway, but, but that was my flight home, and yeah. uh, you know, the night before, I saw a game very similar to yours. Uh, another offensively challenged team in Rhode Island who really really struggled again from three point range against Davidson in a sixty eight fifty three loss. Yeah, and you know Rhode Island. This has been a pretty consistent theme. You know uh, they've had a few games where their defense let them down. Uh, Duquesne rings a bell in the second half. Uh, UMass George, as well. George Mason. George Mason. Uh, but yep. but you know offensively, it, it's been pulling teeth uh, for most of the season. And last night, uh, you know, in a game where you have to, you don't have to play perfect, but you have to play really well to go down to uh, the Belk Arena and win at Davidson. And when Fats Russell's three for thirteen, Tyrese Martin's two for ten, uh, and even Jeff Doughton at five for thirteen, uh, you're not going to win. Simple as that. No, you got outscored by eighteen from the three point line, and you got outscored by thirteen from the foul line. And those are the two most efficient places to score the ball. You or I had big problems in both, and uh, you know it's not for the first time. And, and Kevin, I think we saw this very early in the year. You or I has shown us who they are. I don't know why we're expecting something different at this point. Right. It's a young team uh, with incomplete parts, pieces, whatever phrase you'd like to use, who can't really shoot the ball that well. Um, what does everyone want to do when they start playing basketball? They want to score. They don't want to go back and play defense. When you're not scoring at some point, and it happened later in the second half last night at Davidson, you miss shots. They pull away a little bit. You start to drop your head a little bit on defense. John Axel Goodmanson comes up with a couple threes late. He ends up with 20 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, Luka Brankovic is a, a revelation as a freshman. Another overseas heist by Bob McKillop. What country is he from? He's from Austria, and Austria. he's going to be a major problem going forward in the league. Had 18 points, 9 rebounds, 5 block shots. He looks superb. Uh, Kishon Pritchett made some threes in the first half, had 12 of his 14 points. For me, Kevin, Dayton's coming in here on Saturday. I have not seen them yet. I've seen the rest of the teams at the top of the league. I think Davidson is the most complete team in the Atlantic 10 right now. Well, and they were the preseason pick, I believe. St. Louis. St. Louis, okay. St. Joe's, who has fallen off Oof, yeah, dramatically. That was a bad pick. Uh, yeah. There were injuries there and, and obviously underperformance. Davidson was picked third. Okay. Um, and is outplaying that to this point uh, now at 8-1 and one in the league, I believe. 8-1 and one with some decent non-conference uh, props. So uh, I think if there's an at-large contender uh, in, in the A-10, Davidson may be it. I think some people get excited about St. Louis, but... Uh, I I don't see that non-conference you know resume that gets me excited. They, they were you know kind of really happy about a Seton Hall win. Uh, Seton Hall is going to be a bubble team at best in the Big East. So yeah. Um, so we'll see, and we can get into the NCA circumstances of these two teams at a uh, these two leagues when we get closer to March. But uh, stay with the Rams a little bit here, Bill. Uh, what are they looking at in the next week? Uh, Dayton at home, which is always one of the premier home games of the year at the Ryan Center and then next week they have two two in a row at home? Uh, they actually have a bye next week and then they have Fordham at home. Um, you know, a team that 
you would expect them to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at home they've been pretty good. Uh, on the road they've lost three in a row. And and as we know, Kevin, we we talk about this all the time. Um, you know, the road is where you differentiate yourself from the rest of the competition in college basketball. Last two years, Rhode Island was seven and two in conference on the road in each season. Um, they were they were twenty eight and eight combined in league play, fourteen and four away, fourteen and four at home. That's not typical. Most teams aren't able to do that. Some teams will win all their home games and play five hundred on the road, which will take. But that's not going to happen for the Rams this year either. So their sort of experience and talent and multiple options on offense carried them through in places like VCU and Dayton and Davidson, where they won a huge game a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't have those pieces right now. Sure. And, and it's something that you hope that they develop, uh, particularly in time for next year when Jeff Doughton and Cyril Langevin are seniors. Um, but for right now, it's just not going to happen for this team. And it's going to be all about winning their home games the rest of the way, trying to steal one on the road, whether it be they're at VCU, at Dayton, at St. Joe's. None of those are going to be easy. Uh, maybe you can steal the St. Joe's game. You beat UMass in the season finale and you get some momentum going into Brooklyn. But for right now, you know this team is you know exactly what we see an an offensively challenged team who's young and who makes mistakes nope they are who they are I I think the Rams are more who they are than Providence I think Providence because of the Reeves factor uh, we don't know what he's going to look like in a couple weeks and how that changes their team changes the rotation we know what Rhode Island's rotation is going to be you know in the Atlantic 10 tournament basically Um, you know uh, Coach Cox has basically played the same seven and a half guys all season, uh, and I think we'll see more of that. Um, Bill, do definitely want to hit both Bryant and Brown the rest of the way. Um, I'm going to start with Brown. Sure. If you can call up the Bryant portion of the podcast. Certainly. Uh, Brown is off to a slow start in the Ivy League. Um, as we've talked about, the Ivy League is very balanced and very talented at the top, and Brown has seen a lot of that already with two games against Yale and one against Harvard. They're one and three, and similar to the Friars and the Rams, offensively, they've struggled. And it's been a surprise because in the non-conference, Brown enjoyed one of its best starts ever, and uh, they scored a lot of points. And uh, Desmond Cambridge, their star scorer, has been really struggling in the Ivy League. In four Ivy games, he's 10 of 62 Um Again, they're not beating good teams with Desmond Cambridge uh, not performing at a high rate. No, it's just shocking the, the way that he's gone, and, and in particular because he played so well leading into the conference schedule. His last five or six games uh, non-conference, particularly at San Diego State, where Bryant just blew out the Aztecs, uh, a Brown. team that's yep. yeah, Brown. Sorry, yep. Yep. just blew out the Aztecs. Uh, you know, a team that's sort of found some traction here recently. Um, you know, Brown is just, they've really struggled at that end of the floor. And, and you know, it starts and ends with that guy. Uh, you know, I thought going into the conference season that he had a chance maybe to challenge for the Ivy League Player of the Year. And, you know, that's sort of gone away here after four games. Their best player, for my money, has been Tamanang Cho. Um, you know, he was really good in two games against Yale. And, you know, it was he made a, a huge basket uh, down the end in their only win over Dartmouth, uh, had a layup with about a minute left. Um, you know, then the next night, Brown goes to Harvard, uh, a Harvard team that now has Bryce Aiken back, still hoping to get Seth Towns back, uh, beat Yale, 
and, and then beat Brown by 21. Uh, you know, so Harvard, sort of bad timing for Brown. Harvard starting to look like the team that we thought they might be at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. The leader in the Ivy League is Princeton at 4-0, uh, and Penn is just behind them at 3-1, and as is Harvard. But um, Brown... I wouldn't say this is a do-or-die weekend, but it's a do-or-die weekend for the Bears. They have Penn and Princeton at home Friday night, Saturday night. This has always been the best basketball weekend of the year uh, because of the historic uh, success of Penn and Princeton when they come into town. So there should be good good crowds up at the Pizzatola Center. And just uh, it's called an opportunity when you get those two teams on your home court. Well, more importantly... You know, we talk all the time about the importance of winning home games, protecting your home court. You do that, you're back to three and three in the league, and sure. all of a sudden you can see that top four. You you have a road to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if for some reason you were to get swept this weekend and go one and five, you can't see a way to it. No, there's no question. It's the the pathway to that Ivy League uh, tournament, which is only the top four teams. That's that's Brown's goal, and we'll see. We'll learn an awful lot about the chances this weekend. Uh, Bill, the Bryant Bulldogs, please. The Bryant Bulldogs, uh, they have their Pennsylvania swing uh, this weekend. They play at Robert Morris uh, Thursday night, which is tonight. Uh, then they play at St. Francis, PA, uh, on Saturday. Uh, you know, Bryant sitting there at 8-13 and overall, 5-5 five and five in the league. Uh, they had a really nice win at Wagner. Uh, last Thursday, mm-hmm. a, a Wagner team that you know traditionally, you know, since Dan Hurley got there and, and then after, uh, has been a pretty good program in the NEC, um, and then they followed it up with a, a loss to Central Connecticut, and it's just been it's been difficult for Bryant to try and sweep a weekend. Uh, haven't done that yet. Uh, looking to do that for the first time here. Uh, they lost to Robert Morris by 14 at home earlier this year, um, and they beat St. Francis PA at home 76-67 in a, a game that they pulled away uh, toward the end. So, you know, I think Brian is is right about um, you know, where the most opti- where the most optimistic predictions would have them. 5 sure. and 5 after 10 league games. Uh, I certainly think they've done a pretty good job of holding their own here. I agree. I have been pleasantly surprised with Bryant. Uh, was not encouraged with them in early December. I think Jared Grasso has done a good job. Uh, with kind of getting everyone on the same page. The newcomers with a few of the holdovers, uh, huge difference uh, for Bryant uh, Bryant has been their health. Uh, Both Adam Grant and Sebastian Towns have been healthy all season. Last year, Towns, who's he's made the game-winning shot, what, three times, I think, in games this year? Yeah, he's been big for them. He missed the vast majority of last year with, with the sordid injuries, so he's a vital, vital piece. Uh, really tough road trip. Traditionally, Bryant going up there, you, you fly, you drive or fly to Pittsburgh. This is no cup of tea. There's no direct flights. For Robert Morris, right? And, and then you point the bus east into the hills, and eventually you get to a place called Loretto, Pennsylvania, which uh, I wouldn't say don't ever go there, but don't go out of your way to go there. <laughs> okay. And, and that's where Bryant uh, will be, I guess, on Saturday, the second part of that uh, trip. And then, and then usually you get in the bus and drive all the way home. So it's not a lot of fun. Yeah, to uh, to your point, Towns in ten league games already has been in double digits in seven of them, uh, twenty eight, twenty one, and twenty three point outings three times. Uh, you know, so he's been very good. The win over Wagner, uh, he Grant and Byron Hawkins all had good games, and and I think that's what it will take for Bryant to beat anyone halfway decent. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, Towns having 23 points in that game, Hawkins and Grant each having 16. Um, for Bryant to beat anyone of, of quality 
they're going to need those players to play well. And you know, on quite a few nights this season, they have. So, Bill, we got to wrap this up. My assistant, Eve, who made a, a, a very important uh, assist a few weeks back, she, she has a percussion uh, practice that we have to go and see over in Massachusetts. Yeah, so we're going to wrap things up. Dance recital, correct? Dance recital no, I practice? I think this is more of a percussion. Really? Know, yeah. Instrumental? She does a little bit of both. Wow. Yeah. See, I can't keep track. She's that first. Oh, believe me, I can't keep track as well. But I don't, uh, I don't have these kind of skill sets. What can I say? Neither do I. But best <laughs> of luck to uh, Eve and all of the uh, four teams uh, this weekend. Everyone needs a win. Thank you.